0: Thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far and has helped make 52 Weeks of Hustle such a success. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. I'm excited to have joined General Sports Worldwide, where Lou DePauly and I will be focusing on executive search and team consulting. Our services will range from recruiting, onboarding, training, development, business planning, consulting, and much more. We're really looking to be a full service agency for our clients to assist them in their return on investment and return on energy. Please let me know if you have any interest. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to be an elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com as well as to follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, What it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week Imagine getting your first opportunity in professional sports, but quickly the narrative for the team became about the organization filing bankruptcy. It'd be easy to just set back and let it happen or leave, but our next guest knew this was a career choice he wanted to make and found the opportunity in it. I'm excited to have our next guest, Sean Reem, Senior Vice President of Team Ticket Sales for Crocky Sports and Entertainment. Sean, welcome to the show. Travis, hey, thanks for having me, man. Sean, thanks again. Very excited to share your career journey. And we'll certainly get into all your entire career path. But I gave a glimpse into the intro of how you started in professional sports. And that was with the then Phoenix Coyotes and now the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL. And you finally get the call. You start in Phoenix walk the listeners just through that early experience of, of the bankruptcy and the craziness.
1: That's crazy. Um, you know, what took me out to Phoenix was, was my girlfriend at the time now wife, she got into PA school out there and, and, uh, I got, I just, uh, networked my way in. And about two months after, um, I had started and actually started back as a sales rep there. Um, we get called into a room. I remember Cinco de Mayo and was told, Hey, um, Teams file bankruptcy and, you know, we'll let you know what the next steps are, um, you know, and, and after starting out, being only there two months, that's a it's a bit of a rattle to the cage. But, you know, I look back at that opportunity and, and I look back at that position and um, I'm not sure I'd be sitting in the chair and where I'm at today if that didn't happen to me. So it was, it was a blessing in disguise.
0: Yeah. And to that point in this business, it's easy to get caught up in, in somewhat the negativity, whether it be. From the news and the media, or negativity in the office, what made you just want to keep plugging along?
1: You know, I think you know. There's, is ingrained in me early. Like, um, you know, to look at the challenge in front of you, and sometimes the the harder the challenge, the bigger the opportunity. And I think that's what I what I saw in that. Like a lot of people that freaked out, and you know, it, I don't blame them or judge them. Like moved on to different opportunities when kind of the threat that we might move at any moment is presented to you on a daily basis. What that created was kind of an opportunity for me. I, I probably moved up faster and there was more openings and opportunities along the way. And with that comes increased responsibility. Um, and if you're able to step up, I've always believed that experience is kind of currency in this business. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more experience I can build up, the, the either I'll have in, in the future opportunities and, Pretty quickly, like I went from the sales rep to uh, three years later, I was senior director of ticket sales there. So think about how many different roles that spanned uh, during that time. Like that was huge. And you're able to take yeah, that
0: opportunity yeah, that. And, and just attack it, right? Yeah. You didn't leave. You didn't think about the negative effects. And and ultimately the bankruptcy court eventually rejected that plan to sell the team and move it to Canada. And the team was then purchased by the league, the NHL. And so how was that transition for you as you know, you're you now reporting to the NHL they're very hands-on
1: and with and that overall experience and some key learnings from that time God that was a blessing I mean that was that was kind of like I don't, who can actually say that they work for a team that was being run by the league? <laughs> I mean I, I don't know if that's something you know you aspire to but like the resources we had were tenfold because you know they had a vested interest in us at the time yeah. you know. Um, we were able to tap into, you know, the the lead personnel in a way that helped us with business processes. And, you know, I think for me, um, you know, again, talk about blessings in disguise, like it was a challenging time. Like I definitely thought about the bankruptcy every single day I was there, but um, we felt supported all the way through.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you end up spending three and a half years there. And I'm sure that during that time, there are other opportunities that presented itself. And you obviously had talked about how you were able to, to grow your career kind of quickly up the corporate ladder. But what else made you want to stay to continue to be around that environment and, and where it really challenged you on a consistent basis? I, I think
1: that that scenario taught me how to sell better than any other scenario I've been in um, because, you know when you like, I'm working for the Avs and the nugs right now, there are two teams that have championship aspirations. Um, and it's not hard to, to find and sell a product at, at this time. Like, you know, there's a very clear value proposition in buying the avalanche right now, which might be,
2: you know, we hope
1: is a, is a championship at the end of the season. Now back then, like you didn't even know if you, the, the, the team was going to be there at the end of the year. And so what it really forces you as a salesperson to do is to sit down and say like, when I'm talking to this client, I need to really dig deep and instead of just selling the product that exists on the ice, what's a different way that I can connect them to that product? Like I've always said, like somebody's buying it, like the, the product in the ice is, is the reason they're going to get together. But like understand, understand the value proposition, like spending time with your kid or, or taking a client to a game. Like you had to really sit down and pull that out. And I've been able to utilize like that lesson all the way through since that day. And, you know, even when we're sitting here selling a product right now, which is a lot easier, I'm challenging my team to dig to that level because someday we may not have that value proposition. And if you sold it simply based on a championship team, if, when and if that doesn't exist, that, what are you left with? And I think it's an important lesson uh, that I learned way back when.
0: And I think that's great <laughs> advice because in general, you're know, talking about the value proposition, but also why people take a job or stay with a job is, is the people first and foremost. And then you have an opportunity to make an impact. And I think that, you know, it it sounds every day you're able to make that impact with that opportunity. And, And then Sean, your next move, you went to major league soccer and became the director of sales at the national sales center in Minnesota. And that was really the first of its kind. And so walk the listeners through what that national sales center was all about.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's crazy to look at the growth of Major League Soccer. Like they've grown up so quickly over such a short period of time. By the time when when that sales center was created, like weren't many teams out there that had an inside sales program. And I think one of the things that Team Services Group identified was if we can inject talent, you know, develop it at the league level and help inject it to uh, um, the the member teams, like like we can, we can really do some, some good here. And so I, I won't take credit like Brian Pfeiffer and Brett Zelaski, who many of your listeners probably know were, were kind of the, the godfathers of, of the uh, sales center. But um, when Brett moved on, it was, a, it was, it was a blessing to, to take over for a guy like that. Um, and I, I came in and, and I was able to kind of work on two things for myself professionally. Like it was both culture and, and training, which are, two huge tenets to what um, we believe in in, and implement here at at KSC here today. But for the reps, it was an opportunity for them to come out. They literally came out to Blaine, Minnesota. There is a sports complex out there for amateur athletes. They actually had a set of dorms, so it was like going to college for a period of one month. Um, There was a cafeteria. like They called a carb camp. They would go in every day. They would just sit down, eat go make sales calls, come back, eat, go make sales calls. And it was a real true incubator for people to come out and learn sales process and learn about the business. Um, and then we were able to help them move on to help support, you know, the member clubs. And, you know, in your career, and you just
0: talked about yeah. this, Sean, you, you you really have the opportunity to dive in and focus on training and development, and that culture piece, but you're know, also assisting teams around the MLS. So a fun job, certainly challenging like them all. And, and, you know, especially having across the country. So how was that transition going from somewhat of a cluster at times to the league owning it to, Hey, it's the same team in the same market in the same office every day to, Hey, we've got some people and you know, every three or four months, you, you've got new
1: people coming in and you're helping teams from all over the country. It's a big transition. Um, in some ways it's easier. In some ways it's harder. On one hand, you've got people that are selling a product from Minnesota. They're calling Seattle and Vancouver and Toronto. Like they're calling these other properties remotely, and you know they're only selling these products for a period of a week to maybe a few weeks. So um, that's a big challenge. Like you have to really learn how to shrink your sales cycle and to adapt and and absorb the product knowledge at a rate that nobody really has uh, and is asked to do it with a team. The flip side of it, the, the coolest part of it was it was the first time in my career where we had sales goals, but that wasn't the goal of the program. Like what was most important was building a sales rep and building their skill sets. And if ever I got to a period of time where, you know, we had to pull them off the phones and drill down on something that would make them better. I had that ability to do that. Yep. And we tried to maintain that. Kind of mentality especially with our insight sales teams at KSE. like the goal of that program while it is to drive revenue is more to, to develop people it's a lot harder when you know you got a game coming up that weekend and you're staring at sales goal and you need to sling some extra tickets like right you know it's just a big difference there so we try as best we can sometimes one wins and sometimes the other does
0: yeah. And you talk about it. And I think that's a lot of it, right, is, is goal one A is to grow revenue. But goal one B, which is was equally, if not more important, is that career growth. And, you know, along with your other roles, including the National Sales Center, you've always had a big emphasis. You've talked about it a few times here on 52 Weeks of Hustle, hiring the right people. So what are some of those biggest traits that you're always looking for and kind of that initial hire or that
1: that new hire of somebody? You know, I'm really big on goal oriented people, if I can find that like that's something I can tap into. Um, I've always believed like, look, you can you can teach sales yep. um, and somebody who's motivated will cut, like it might be a longer process to get them to a strong sales rep, but they will find a way if they're, they're trying to aspire to some broader goal for themselves. And like, if I can find that early, that's huge. Yep. And passion for the product, like look, I've left the industry, I've sold things that I wasn't passionate about you're not passionate about sports like it's not gonna work I mean, sales just doesn't work in that in that mm-hmm. sense um, so that's a really big thing for me but the goal oriented piece is like like that's I want somebody that I can identify what that goal is and use that because it's gonna be the most important thing to them getting through the process. I have I have seen and seen and, and experienced training with people where they can kind of fake it early on, but not have the end goal. And they get really excited. Like I'm in sports and I'm selling. And, you know, after a couple months, like that wears off and the reality of what they do every day is, is, is what they're confronted with. And if they don't know where it's leading them, you know, that's why I see a lot of people get in and then flail out pretty quick. So I think it's really important.
0: Yeah. The, the truth comes out to that point. It's, it's, you have to do what you're passionate about. You know, I yeah. always, kind of talk about is like, everybody's got that friend or family member, just, I hate my job. I hate what I'm doing. I'm just counting down the days till I retire. And, you know, and that's a lot of times, those are nine to five jobs. You you get in the sports business, a lot of unconventional hours, a lot of nights, a lot of weekends. It's, you've got to have that
1: passion for it and passion for your craft. I mean, Travis, you probably experienced this too, but like I got in thinking like sports is what attracted me to the position the first time, but I've evolved to a place where I love the sales. Right. Pretty times more. Oh yeah. You know, like I'm much more passionate about that. I took me a, a long road to find that, but um, I can honestly say like, like that's what geeks me out is the strategy and the sales element of it. And I oh, no, know, by the way, it's in sports. Like you know, it's not to minimize that, but like it's flipped. And yeah. that's what, that's so rewarding.
0: Yeah. In my head, it was like, you know, coming out of Ohio, I wanted to move to Atlanta. I get down, I get an opportunity with the Hawks and Thrashers. I remember calling my grandma to this day and she's like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, you sell tickets. She's like, what does that mean? I'm like, you know, just sell tickets. Like I have no idea, but it was the passion for passion for selling passion for sports. And now it's like, my passion is all about the business and the craft and, and sports are fun to watch. But as you know, sitting in, going to all the games, you're, you're rarely watching them.
1: Yep. Yep. So, it's crazy. Like, I think back to where I started, like I, um, I interviewed for my early team as to start off, and and there were three positions open. There was a CR position, there was a ticket sales position, and there was a marketing position. And I got a call, and I was so nervous and new. Like, I didn't even ask what they were calling me about, which of the three. And so I literally went into the interview, and I had no idea which of those three positions What you're that, even I was interviewing for? interviewing for. And it's crazy to think, like, if it had been another position, where my career would have gone. But, right. you know, right. it, it's a blessing. Like, I'm super passionate about. You know, ticket sales. Like I can't see myself being
0: anything other than that. And it, it certainly worked out for you. And then you know, back in November of thirteen, you take on that new opportunity, which is is still where you're at with Cronky Sports and Entertainment. First is the VP of Ticket Sales and Service for the Avalanche. And so, what made you decide to make that move? Going, hey, I was at the sales center, focused on training
1: development, back to you know the team side. You know, it's interesting. I um I had always aspired to you know be the VP of ticket sales. Like I just Once I got into the management side and experienced that with, with Coyotes, I knew that that was kind of my calling. What One of the things that took me to the sales center was, and I don't ever tell this to Brian Pfeiffer, but um, I felt really weak at the Coyotes on sales training and culture. So I probably kind of pulled him a little bit on the interview process. But what I did it was I turned out. that yeah, I turned that into my biggest strength, just being able to focus on those two elements of the sales center. Once I had that plus my um, experience with the Coyotes, I felt prepared to go into that role. Like in, I've always, every time I've taken on a role like that, I felt over my skis immediately, yeah. but I at least felt like I'd done and, and taken elements and pieces from all these things to put it together and take on that role. And for me, like the big thing that attracted me to KSC, uh, you know, it's the people you work with, right? Like at the time, um, David Burke was the head of ticket sales there. And, and it was an opportunity to reconnect with somebody that I knew was invested in me, was going to be able to help mentor me through some new challenges I'd never experienced. Yep. And, uh, you know, that just felt like a really comfortable place to take that first step. And, you know, like, it's not that that was the first opportunity that came along. It was the first one that felt, right to take on that big role yeah and be around the right people
0: and you're looking back you probably never imagine you end up spending the next eight plus years with the organization so what do you feel like Cronky Sports Entertainment does on such a consistent basis that provides the opportunity that ultimately wants you and other team members to stay within the
1: organization I love that I can go into work and I can start with a soccer strategy and I can move to an NBA strategy. And then I can flip back and finish my day with the NHL. There's so few places that get that opportunity. Right. And like what it allows me to do is to take the key learnings and to be exposed to key people in all of these different industries and to just absorb all of that, you know? And I think that's the coolest thing is like, I've you know, i worked for the Rapids, I've worked for the Avalanche, now I've worked for all the properties. And, you know, I haven't had to, you know, pick up and put everybody into a moving van and move across the country. I've been able to do all of those things and grow here. That's just so cool. So, I mean, that's why I love this company.
0: And and Sean, to that point, you've worked your way up in the organization to now the senior vice president of team ticket sales, overseeing the avalanche, the NHL, the nuggets, the NBA, the Colorado rapids, the MLS, and in the mammoth of the national lacrosse league. And so first, what do you feel like you've done not only there with Cronky, but in your overall career to continue to get promoted? Uh, you
1: know, in, especially internally. You know, first off, it's I. It's like this is something you hear on, on the football field after every game. It's it's not me. It's the people around me, and that's so true. Like I learned early from some strong mentors that you know I'm only as strong as the team around me. And that's what I have here is like, I'm where I'm at because I truly believe like I, I trust the people around me to go out and do what's important and to not have my hands on everything. And I think, I think that's what it's allowed us to, you know, hit some sales records here internally to challenge the top of the leaderboard from a league standpoint and things like FSEs. And, you know, I, I look at this and I'm just blessed to be where I'm at because other people have helped me get there. Um mm-hmm. You know, I think the other thing too is like I've never walked in and said I am gonna need this position next week or I'm done. You know, like I've never looked in and said like Oh my God, give me this, give me." I've somehow because I've prioritized the organization, and this happened in Phoenix too because I prioritize the organization. Like I, I naturally evolve into the positions, like because it just makes sense, not because I've come in and and expected that at a certain time, and like. I've been blessed that that's happened that way. I know that that's not the case for a lot of other people or organizations, but I think because I've adopted that mentality, it's, I, I hope that that's one of the things that, you know, the people that have moved me up have seen as a positive and, and my abilities as a leader.
0: You just talked about this, Sean, about the prioritization, what that looks like. And as you think about four franchises, a lot of moving pieces. And I think on one end, that's certainly the perk, right? Because you're able to to have strategy with NBA and to NHL. But, you know, a lot of opportunity in this business comes. Can you be efficient? Can you be effective? And so how do you feel like you are prioritizing tasks
1: on a consistent basis? It goes back to what I said is you have to trust the people around you and I think it's a really important thing that when you take on a role like this you're very specific about the role for everybody in your organization and the ultimate goal you know I think where I've gone astray in my career is where sometimes I come in and I log jam big decisions yeah I know my role right now is not to be the strategy for the abs and not to be the strategy for the nugs like at one point that was the case maybe when i position but now it's about trying to just like set a true north so to speak and to just check in with strategy along the way and as long as I'm kind of aware and helping to course correct I've got strong people like Jody Bonus and Emily McGuire and Eli Madden and Sean Sullivan I have people that I trust and I know can do the job and if you trust those people like it allows you to open the door up to innovation and then to focus on things that are More long term versus short term. The pandemic has has created very short term thinking. It's like think one step beyond yourself, but you know we will get out, get away from that, and we'll you know be able to get to think back to the three to five year strategy. And yep, that's exciting. Like we're starting to have those conversations again, and you know that's what that's what gets me up in the morning.
0: No, absolutely. You know, with Kroenke Sports and Entertainment as a whole, there's certainly many teams in different real estate ventures really across the, the, the country. So how involved are you with some of the other executives from other properties? And is there a lot of knowledge sharing that
1: goes along with that? There is, there, there absolutely is. Um, you know, I think, especially in the pandemic, it's, it's necessary, right? Like yep. everything we're doing right now is brand new. Like I've called this thing the great equalizer to a certain extent. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, you go into like a league meeting and, you know, I've been on both ends of the spectrum where you're in I, the group that is has challenge selling tickets and the group that's selling really easy. Right. Like there is no groups in this, like everybody's facing those same things. And, you know, if, if there's one piece of advice, you know, and, and I'm sure most of the people on the call have, are executing against this right now, it's reaching out and trying to, you know, get the insights because, you know, if I, if I can save, a step or two or a misstep or two for some other team and they can do the same thing for me. Like, you know, we're, we're, it's a real collaborative environment. That's, that's one of the things I love about sports in general.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Sean Reem, Senior Vice President of Team Ticket Sales for Cronky Sports and Entertainment. Sean, certainly a great professional career you've had thus far. And so let's go all the way even back further to, to the real beginning of, of your life. And you're growing up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which you and I have talked about over the years, what a sports city that is. And then you go on to attend Penn State University, receive a degree in psychology. So when did it ultimately hit you that – you know what, sports is maybe something I want to do in my career. Uh,
1: well, the, I got into psychology thinking, like, I wanted to go into forensic psychology. Like, I think I watched too many thrillers, and I <laughs> and, uh, thought I wanted to go chase down Hannibal Lecter, and I took one forensic class, and was like, this is awful. This might not be for the me. Next, yeah, I spent the next few years trying to be like, all right, what are you going to do with your life, like, like every other um, college student. At some point, I went back to the things I was passionate about. Sports seemed to make sense. Where it really, really hit me is, is when I got the opportunity to intern for the Steelers. Um, you know, I wasn't doing anything substantial. I was mailing players jerseys for autographs and working training camp and doing all kinds of like street team like things. Yep. But that's where I connected. Like, this is a true passion. This is where I want to be. And I remember sitting down with, uh, Tony Quattrini, he was the head of marketing at the time. I don't know why he was doing an exit interview with an intern. <laughs> yeah. But I said to him at the time, like, how do I get back here? And he's like, either you marry a Rooney or you go learn how to sell. And that's what I did. I went out there mm-hmm. and I learned how to sell. And, um, you know, that's, that's where, you know, yeah. that's all she wrote. So yeah, that's, that's where I've been.
0: You know, And to your point, after your internship with the Steelers, you, you learned how to sell, but in somewhat of a non-traditional route is your first job out of school was a management trainee program with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. What made you really want to do that right away?
1: Um, I, I just, I heard it was a good sales training program. I think there's a movie that, that's like, we give you the tools. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, hey, that's why the, the most important thing to me at the time was like, I literally thought it would take me five to 10 years to break in the industry. Like that's the myth that existed in my head was how hard that would be. And so I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go out and find the best sales training I can. And they offered that at the time and I was not prepared or and it was a good excitement. Like six months later, I got an opportunity to work with uh, the Blue Bay Socks. But for me, that was the investment was, was like going somewhere that would just give me those tools so that I can leverage those into the position that I wanted.
0: And from, from a tool perspective, as you think back to that time with enterprise rent a car and again, non-sports world, what are some of those tools or some of those early key learnings that you still feel like you apply to your everyday or even teach and and train and develop some of your top team members?
1: You know, I, it's interesting, like going back. I mean, it's at enterprise. It was like the assumptive close was something I learned really fast and like i just assume the set like you know you're telling the insurance at the end and the confidence that you bring to that question was something that you know i i the sales processes are so different because somebody's walking in and it's a captive audience and you're just trying to convert that person every single time versus a poll call and a list of leads and you're trying to unearth a sale but the confidence in that moment to take on you know like I just assume you're going to take this product as uh, something that, that translated really well and I've tried to maintain all the way through.
0: So you end up spending you know three and a half years there with the Bowie Bay Sox in minor league baseball. And, and there's been many of our guests that have experienced that minor league world, which is you wear all kinds of hats. You're doing a little bit of everything. And so as you think back to your minor league, you know, days and, and knowing that. You may be selling tickets, selling sponsorship, working a CR event, even being a mascot. What were some of those key learnings that from even from a work ethic standpoint that, that you're still applying to your everyday?
1: A little bit of it is what I talked about with the coyotes, which is learning to dig deep and find unique value propositions. Um, I mean, in, in Bowie, Maryland, you have super saturated corporate marketplace, right? It's huge. Like, Most of those companies aren't looking to go to a minor league game. They're looking to go to the Nationals, which were coming in at the time. They're looking to go to the Orioles. They're looking to go to one of a million different opportunities in the Baltimore, D.C. corridor right there. And for us, it was trying to find the right targets and deliver the right value. And and that was, again, another lesson that I kind of took and was able to expand throughout the rest of my career. And, And it was kind of a precursor to the challenge that I would have you know, eventually when we were in Phoenix. Right. But I think the other thing too is like when you're asked to do everything, like you just build kind of an expectation. Like I like I'm not looking for something like when you're with a Miley team, you're not looking for somebody else to do it. like you were you just assume you have to do everything you need to implement to execute against a sale. And sometimes just to get a game going off, I mean any minorly person that's listening to this knows you gotta pull tarp. Right. Like yep. that's just <laughs> part of Job, right? right and i would used to be on a call like a, in a conversation with a client talking about the night and i get the call i'm like gotta go and we'd run down there flip on your tarp shoes and you go pull the tarp and like that really helped me to kind of look around and like i don't i don't have that instinct of like oh i've got a resource around me at all the time but now i do like i'm so blessed by that um but like it started off early, like you just assume like I'm the head of creative, I'm the head of sales, I'm the head of operations at times, I'm the mascot, I've, I've literally gotten in a mascot outfit because I thought it would close a deal and went to a client's house and do their kid's birthday. Try anything. And that's just, it helps to build a strong foundation for you.
0: No, you talk. We've talked about this podcast, the passion, and, and you obviously knew the passion was sports. But after three and a half years, you end up getting out of sports for the next year between working for the National Museum of Crime and Punishment and then working for Kelly Companies. And throughout that year, what really solidified your passion? Said, all right, career in sports. And now I'm, I'm off to, to Phoenix. I,
1: uh, it's interesting. I, I've, I've always said that like I've overcome a series of, of misinterpretations or myths in my head like my first one was like what's well, going to take you 10 years to get in the business and then you find out like okay like it's not as hard like if you're willing to go into sales in the right place it's there's a lot of opportunities then it was like "Can i make money at this like you know, your first year every single person that's been through an inside sales program knows like like the first year i was running my credit card up just to pay it down at the end of the season and <laughs> every little bit that year like i got there right right and so like I finally like got past this like i started making some money i'm like cool like got this like put that aside But then it's like how do i move up and my goal early on was like i want to be in marketing like i thought that that was more important or that was something that was more connected to than sales And then i got into the position and i'm like hey this isn't what i thought it was and i really hit a moment there where i'm like okay you've been working towards this one thing for three years and it's like it's not it it's not right And that's where I kind of was like, okay, well, you know, I'll go make some good money. I'll go sell something else, get out of the business. And I went out there and cool. Like I I was able to launch a museum in DC, which was awesome. And like, I learned something from going to sell printing is like, I can do these skills. I can execute them. But if I can't connect it back to a goal and to something I'm passionate about, I'm not going to succeed. And ultimately like, I feel bad, like going to the Kelly companies, like I was like, okay, I'm going to make, my, I'm going to find a way to make this work. And I just never connected to the product in a way that allowed me to be successful as what I was when I was like slaying tickets in the sports. And, and, and it brought me back to that. And like, I have a lot of times in, in my, my career I've had hundreds, if not thousands of employees that I've either worked around or, or worked under underneath me and, you know, you, every time, every now and again, you get somebody that comes and says, "Like, look, I'm going to go do this other thing." I never get upset about that because sometimes you need to go out and find if that's your passion or not. And the only way you're All ever right. going to know that is if you go and gain that experience and decide, like, okay, like I love selling software. Right. right. Good. I'm glad you found that out now. Or like me, you went out and sold software, and you're like, God, I want to go back. And like the only way you're ever going to know that is if you had left. So I I never, I try not to begrudge people. that. So yeah, that's, that's, that was my path.
0: No, absolutely. You know, and we've already talked about it, but you get the opportunity to go to the coyotes and the rest is history. And so as you look back at your career, Sean, you had some hurdles, certainly some media issues you've had to deal with, you know, there at the time in, in Phoenix, but you kind of briefly talked about it right there. What's your advice to listeners on just continuing to push for their dream and figure it out?
1: I think the most important thing is to connect to that. Like where I've been the most lost is where I don't have that vision about where I'm trying to go, right? Like there are so – like I don't care what job you work. There's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. I mean, you like I work in sports. It's one of the coolest things um, that I'm able to say to my friends, right? But like there are days where I'm like this is – this is hard. And like, I don't know if I want to get out of bed. Right. Yep. Um, and what allows people to get through those things is when they're connected to something bigger. You know, I, I set a goal. I was able to kind of get to that position in, in my league. and I'm like, I thought I wanted it. And then that fell apart. And it wasn't what I thought I wanted. And I, I felt lost and I didn't have a goal for a long time. And it wasn't until I realized, okay, sports is part of this. Like I knew that. Right. So I brought that back forward and I redirected a ticket sales and I set that goal. And every single day that I went through those things, like it wasn't a grind. Like I, the bankruptcy wasn't a bad thing. Like it, it built me in so many ways. And like, because I was connected to something personal and professional to the team and helping to rebuild that, I it wasn't a, like, I was able to kind of push through the challenges And it wasn't like every low was not really that low because I knew where I was going. And that's the one thing I tell my staff is like, before I get get into anything that you're dealing with, with calls or client issues or anything like that is like bring me back to where you're going and just make sure you're connected to that. And that's the one thing I would tell anybody on this call, even like somebody in my part of my career, because there's days where I have to kind of actively re-engage that part of myself right now for me, it's like I've, I've, I don't have this aspiration to go to these huge jobs that are bigger than what I'm doing right now because I really am passionate about what I do right now. But what I want to do is to take products like the Avalanche, the Nuggets, and I want to like kind of grow them to a place where they're at the top of the you know leaderboards and, and the leagues. And like that to me is like it's gone from a place where it's really personal to a place where the personal side is connected to the growth of the product, which is such a cool, such a cool spot to be in.
0: No, absolutely. And John, you've certainly had a tremendous career. As you look back, you know, to this point, what would you say has been your best memory?
1: I remember there's a lot, but I remember the moment the coyotes, they're all the challenges. I remember the moment they, Uh, clinched a Western Conference Finals berth. And there's just this moment of like, there's so much headwind in everything we do. And I remember walking out of, at the time it was Jobbing.com Arena. And I remember walking out and just seeing a group of people coalesce around that team, chanting, let's go Yotes, out in kind of the plaza of Westgate. And like, at that point, it wasn't about, you know, the business plans we put together, and all the things that we had to do to get the bowl full it was like i just felt really connected to an experience that was bigger than me in a way that just all of that culminated into that moment and like look i didn't play the game like i had no impact on them making the western conference finals but i felt connected to the fan base and like to me that is an emotion that i I yep. will never forget.
0: It's like, that's why I got oh, into sports. Well, Sean, this has been great. Such a great journey you've had. I know a big mentor to many. So to close it out, i like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this?
1: Yeah, let's do it. When you get a day off, what's the first thing you're doing? I am trying to uh, get out and play some sport with one of my
3: kids.
0: Nice. What was the last bucket list item you've completed?
1: Um, I, <laughs> bucket list is a good question. I, um, I've been traveling a lot more, right? Like I, I've gotten out of the, like for a long time, like I just traveled in the U S and I've been able to get out of the country. And that that's where I want to keep pushing that.
0: Has there been any place you've traveled to recently? That was just, this was
1: amazing. Sweet, it was, it wasn't recent, but in the last two years, Sweden was pretty cool. Nice. I just was in Mexico, but. Sweden's like, I got to keep going. Keep going. I want to keep pushing that.
0: Well, you have your own late night talk show. Who are you inviting as
1: your first guest? It's fun. I don't know why. Like, I just feel like we'd vibe. And I just, I think, I think he'd be a cool person to talk to.
0: Be a fun conversation. Well, Sean, to close it out, what are three key takeaways
1: you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Be set a goal. Just set a goal. And I've always believed it's about setting the long term and then breaking it down into smaller ones that lead to that. And you're always just checking your process along the way. Um, Every now and again, this point number two is just take a minute to look up. Um, It's something I try to do every home opener and say to my staff, is like, you know, remember why you're here and connect with the product. Don't just live in the execution And then I think third is like, you know, find joy in what you do. Like um, that has to be part of that goal, Um, but really connect with the things that make you happy and just prioritize them. And I think I've learned that the most in the last two years. You know, when you you lose being able to be in front of a crowd, when you lose, you know, the thing that you are so used to doing on a daily basis, it makes you really appreciate that. And I think just connecting to that is really important
0: such great advice throughout the podcast. Certainly, you know, love it. You got to set yourself with a goal. I love how you describe that, you know, take a minute to look up those opening days. Like this is why I work in this business and you know, which leads into three, you know, enjoy it, having fun. So Sean, thank you so much. You've had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise.
1: Travis, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
0: Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.